Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. Yeah, but you still should. Yeah. Well, this week on Get Jumped, we are starting to watch One Punch Man. Yeah, it's actually pronounced One Punch, comma, man. It's a single punch that uh, is very good if you serve it with uh, toasts and jam in the summer months. Yeah. Okay, so that's not a show at all. That's just the name of a dish. Yeah, so let's... We just... You wanna, you wanna Whatever, just, let's get over. Let's it. jump in. just watched the first two episodes of One Punch Man. Yeah. We're going to stick with two episodes this week. Um, we've, I mean, obviously the podcast, it's it's brand new. This is episode three. This is actually being recorded before any of our episodes have been released. So we're <laughs> far in the past compared to where you guys are listening to us. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still playing with the format. We have learned a little bit from Cowboy Bebop and Naruto about kind of how to pre-plan the amount of content we're going to have. Yeah, and One Punch Man is one of those that you sort of have to be prepared for about how dense each episode is. Yeah, it's a it's 10 episodes, right, total, I believe? I believe so. It's 10 or 12 episodes. It's a very short anime, and so there's a lot of content per episode. So we really wanted to uh, give ourselves room to breathe here and not, not be sprinting through. So we're only doing two episodes today. Which uh, I'm going to slightly undercut by saying I think it, we might take a second to talk about how One Punch Man came to being. Um, I think not to the extent of something like Attack on Titan, but uh, One Punch Man for sure has a, a bit of a cultural phenomenon oh, yeah. element. So, so One Punch Man actually started as a web-based comic. Um, so it was, it was put out, uh, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. It's, uh, let me Google it really quickly, but, um, like it's, so, you know, we talk about manga, which is the, you know, the Japanese comics, the black and white comics that usually come out weekly Mm -hmm. with about 18 to 22 pages per chapter. Um, these are syndicated in magazines like Shonen Jump, which is what we're referencing with our name. And this is not that. Uh, so the guy's the guy's name is One, which is a moniker. It's not. His, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty confident that that is not his genuine, real, given name. Yeah. He goes by One. Um, he wrote One Punch Man. He also wrote uh, uh, Mob Psycho 100. Oh man, that show! I, I'm not familiar with any of his other work, but Mob so Psycho 100 good. and One Punch Man are both kind of um, recent cultural phenomenon, particularly in the anime and manga world. Mm -hmm. So one punch man started out as this web comic. And the thing about one is that he is not a very good artist. His drawings are really crude and kind of childlike in different places, but the storytelling has this, um, this quality that really grabs you and holds on. So the manga for one punch man is actually different than the original comic. The original comic is a, a web comic, and then another manga cre- uh, artist came in and then basically translated the original stories done by one into uh, 
a more traditional manga format. Mm-hmm. And the show is based off of that. Yeah, but man, oh man, uh, One Punch Man and Mob Psycho 100, they're really, they're really stepping up the anime game right now. Uh, because, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna notice this, especially, you, uh, uh, you know, we recommend that you watch all these different animes. Yeah, even that though we, we're watching it for you, you should for you sure should be watching Definitely, this. definitely watch it. Because, uh, I mean, we're going to pack in what's happening in these episodes, but you you should definitely watch it as well. Um, but One Punch Man is, uh, is a great, great uh, kind of show in the anime world that you don't have a lot of times. Uh, like, Fully Cooly is sort of the same sort of way where mm. it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and it pokes fun at the, like, the genres of it. Because Fully Cooly does a lot of things where it's like, um, it's like turns into a mango or it changes its art style yeah, or it's something. playing with the format. Yeah. And One Punch Man is definitely that because all it is is lampooning the format entirely. Yeah. I think that One Punch Man fully coolly plays a lot with the actual animation style. Mm-hmm. Um, One Punch Man is going to be a lot more about um, anime tropes. Yeah. Um, which, honestly, when we talked about doing it, like, it's a recent cultural phenomenon. It fits really well. And also, we both really wanted to watch it again. Yeah. Um, Spencer's seen it all through. I've only seen the first six or so episodes, so I don't know how it ends. Mm. But, um, <laughs> like, it's it's really wonderful... But it it um, kind of made me nervous a little bit because the show is kind of looking at and taking apart these anime tropes, like different story bits or character ticks, things that you see a lot. If you watch anime and the, like, if you're familiar with anime and then you watch One Punch Man, you're going to see things that you see in multiple series in this series, but with a lampshade on its head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so we'll start. We'll we'll go ahead and kick it off. So, um, the the very 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 first episode of One Punch Man, the very very start of that episode, and I'm saying it like this because each episode of One Punch Man is so jam packed. Yeah, it's, with stuff. It's like it's like a vignette show. Like mm-hmm. there's really like multiple little stories contained in one episode yeah. that are tied together with a theme. And it's like it's sort of the antithesis of uh, of people that are doing animes with uh, filler arcs inside of it. Yeah, it is completely sans filler. If you have a moment on screen, it is going to be jam packed with stuff. Um, I'll get to a couple little moments that I re- realized in it, but anyways, so we we start out first and foremost with we're on a cityscape, and it's mostly just shots of a city and. I like this. I think this is a nice little touch to kind of like pre-load you into the the kind of theme and feel. Is um, you see a lot of people walking around or on the train, and they're all kind of looking down, expressionless, or maybe a little dejected, or they're mm-hmm. staring at their phones kind of blankly. Yeah. And then in the background, there's just this giant explosion. Mm-hmm. So we cut to this guy, and he's a big blue muscly monster. And he looks shockingly like a sort of purplish blue version of Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Namekian man, he's he an almost exact ripoff. But well, I don't want to say ripoff because it's it's definitely it's an homage and a parody of it. Yeah, you know, he's not. It's really getting it's intentional. It's really getting at the heart of what Piccolo actually is on Earth before you find out all about Namek. I'm going to take a little sidebar here. So, <laughs> if you watch Dragon Ball. 
Dragon Ball is this great show where you have like Piccolo, who's like this demon of the planet, and then you have like uh, uh, Goku and, Pic- and well, Kami is like this this the older version of Piccolo, oh, yeah, who yeah. is like on the planet as well, and they're like these demons of the planet, right? They're they're like of the planet, and they take care of the planet, and they look over the planet, and all of this kind of stuff, and then they like completely write that off with like uh, making them from space. That's a Marvel-style retcon. I think it's really cool of One Punch Man to make a Namekian, except for this one is like, um, it's, it, what he says, what, what does he say he is? He's like, He's uh, the, he was created because of all the pollution yeah. that was seeping into our world, and he calls himself Vaccine Man. So, because he's going to eradicate humanity as a vaccine to the toxins that we're putting into the earth. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna retcon that this is what happens to Piccolo if there is no if there's no Dragon Balls that on sounds, planet. He's, I think you're right. Yeah. So it's the same universe. It's exactly the same. Yeah. He shoots balls of energy at some point. He inside, does. And it's, it's just full on Dragon Balls. Oh yeah, and he also like extends his arm and he stretches it out. He's Piccolo, damn yeah. it. <laughs> but they, they also do a little bit of One Punch Man world building. So, I, again, I have not seen the whole show, but it's my understanding that there's, like, a hero core or something that we'll get to later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not today, but uh, you see a little bit of this, like, people in a control room being like, oh, these heroes are on the way. And it's I wrote down their names. It's Lightning Max and Smile Man. And then you just and see, you like, see, beheaded guy and he's a dude in like a red leotard with a <laughs> yellow smiley face on his chest just destroyed and the, the piccolo guy vaccine man he's walking through this decimated cityscape and there's a yeah. crying little girl we're not to that yet we still have the first first shot of saitama oh, yeah right so like saitama your lead character you get this first great shot of him so it they do this really, really cool thing with their anime style, which is Saitama really has basically like three to four different forms. And I think that, I think that you can kind of put that as part of his superpower is that he can change from form to form depending on how serious or how not serious at all he is. You're really building this up. <laughs> this is, it's not a genuine form change. So it, this it kind of goes back to one and the the creator of One Punch Man, yeah. And the fact that he's a, a really shitty artist is that he he's got this really simplified style, but it works so well for Saitama's face. Yeah. So when they translated the manga from his original webcomic into a more polished product, they maintained this simple style. So Saitama himself, he is he, he is a guy who's just a bald dude with really simple eyes like it's just white um white outlines for the eyes and then black points for the eyeballs like he's extremely simple well the first shot of him though is him pulling over the cape and he's like it says like he goes justice or something he goes guess i'll go because he sees on the news that these people have been wiped out yeah and then it says justice enforcer (laughs) And yeah, but he wears a yellow bodysuit with like red gloves and boots. red like cleaning gloves. Yeah, and then a red cape. And then he's fully bald and he has very few like he's recognizable because his face is so simple. And that is a little bit pulling from one and his art style, but it's also really intentional because this he's just a simple dude. Like he he has really simple motivations. He doesn't have a lot going on internally as far as like 
emotion. He doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah, so we'll we'll kind of get to this because this is a major theme in episode one for sure. And, yeah. and um, he's really simple, and it's hilarious, and it adds to the comedy, which I, I, you guys might not have noticed because Spencer and I, I think, talk about these things comedically regardless of the tone. But One Punch Man has some of the best action sequences you'll see in an anime. Oh, yeah. At the same time, it is full-on a comedy. Like, yeah. it is a parody of this. It's making fun of it. It will bl- it blitzes into these beautiful, exciting, wonderfully animated action scenes that have fluid motion. I mean, it matches some of the best fights you'll see from from bigger anime like uh, like Naruto. The best fights in Naruto are on par with, or e- or maybe even worse than the fights in One Punch Man as far as like animation quality yeah. and choreography. But it is still a comedy. Um, so his his facial features work so well for this. Yeah. So yeah, he says, guess I'll go. We see Vaccine Man. He's walking up to the little girl. His hand grows giant and more pointy. Yeah. Just like Piccolo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then go back to it. we see this blitz right as his hand closes and we realize Saitama has, has you know, faster than we can see, grabbed the little girl and saved her. Vaccine Man's like, who are you? He gives his whole spiel like, I'm made from pollution, whatever. And then Saitama's like, I'm just a, I'm a hero for fun. Just a hero for fun. <laughs> And then he immediately, like, well, Piccolo ripoff Vaccine Man, he goes into this little monologue about he's going to eradicate the human race. And yeah. while he says it, his teeth grow and he gets bigger. And this is really a common theme in One Punch Man is the, you know, it's really a common theme in a lot of animes. The form change oh, into, yeah. like, this isn't even my final form. is <laughs> a joke from Dragon Ball Z, but also anime at large. Yeah. So characters change form. That's, like, a thing we'll see constantly on this podcast and one punch man really throws a lampshade on that too these characters they start off intimidating they get bigger and more intimidating and then they still go down with one hit yeah and that's exactly what happens here saitama punches him he explodes yeah and then saitama is like oh he went down with one punch damn it and then like yells to the sky because he's so upset and then we cut to the intro which oh god talk about the intro because you love it on a level that I could never reach. Oh man! So uh, I have I have a, a deep, deep love of anime openings. Um, it really started with like uh, one of my best friends. Uh, we used to watch uh, the original Full Metal Alchemist when it was in America, and, like you know, Toonami, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, and like it still is great that we we tried to pick up on like the Japanese and sing along with it. One Punch you just Man. Just say sounds out loud. I do this too now, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. I know that I'm not saying the Japanese words. Like I'm getting like one out of four, but I don't care. I'm gonna plow yeah. through. But man, One Punch Man has one of those openings that like you hear it and you're just like, not only does your adrenaline go like spike, but you're just all of a sudden you're just like just shouting hero at the screen with them yeah. and like screaming about One Punch. Oh man, it's great. It Anyways. also starts with the big scream. Yeah, he's just like, what? Bitch! It's great. And anyway. he also screams at the end, too, yeah. where he's like, ah, ah, ah! <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, it's wonderful. And it's cheesy, too, which yeah. is great. And then the, the, the amount that they put into this opening, too, is just like, it's just shot after shot after shot after shot of Saitama just being a complete badass. So it's just him, like, murderizing people that are trying to come after Did him. Did you just strong bad a second ago? <laughs> he murderizes people. <laughs> Burninating the peasants. 
So he like he like is punching through all of these different things, and then if you're watching like really specifically, and you can look this up too, um, there's like some things you're like, oh, that looks like that's from like a different anime. Yeah, like there's one that's just like, oh, it's a bunch of muscle mass with like bone, and it's a big giant human. Yeah, that's a freaking titan. It's the colossal he just, titan. He just punches through one of the Attack on Titan characters, and then he punches through one of like the star characters from Kirby. Yeah, and then he punches like um the the big giant face the guy from face One with Piece. The green lips. No, that one's I don't we know don't what know that what one that is. From. But there's one that's just like it, it looks like a demon, kind of like um, a hollow from from Bleach that oh, he's yeah. punching I through. I didn't see that one. I have to watch that again. It's just like oh it's, man, it's just a parade of references, and they're not exact. Like I say, it's the Colossal Titan. It's not. It's clearly a riff on the Colossal Titan. Yeah, and it's great because One Punch Man is about lampshading these other anime. Not, you know, it's not like taking pot shots at them, but it's just looking at the sort of storytelling tropes that you get in this format and, you know, giving a good-natured laugh to it. Yeah, yeah. And so the intro is all about that. Like, almost every shot is him fighting a character that is a reference to a big, recognizable anime. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know we're missing some of them for sure. We probably aren't even familiar with some of them, but, like... There, I know that on YouTube there are videos that deconstruct the intro and will tell you what references are being shown there. So mm-hmm. if you're curious to look for more information, hop onto YouTube. You'll be able to find it with a quick search. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we move we move from there into your first your first glimpse into Saitama's past. Right. So it's three years earlier, and uh, there's this absolutely ridiculous crab guy walking around. He's in Crabmonte. Crablante. He's watching he's he's a, a man's legs in tidy whitey underwear. And then from a from the underwear up, it's a crab like a humanoid crab body. Like it's red carapace muscles and then giant crab arms and like goofy crab eyes on swivels. And he has this laugh. Can you do the? We do the laugh. What is like? So stupid. But it's like this is also an anime trope where like a character has like a an affectation. Oh yeah, there's one that used to drive me crazy on Dot Heck Sign. My we we make fun of it all the time because uh, he would like he would say the word shoe in the middle of a laugh just over again. He'd be like shoo 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 shoo, and it's just like stop doing that, man. But on I didn't this, know that's what that was from. On this, it's like totally making fun of it. It's like it's it's just like completely playing on it. And also, you miss the most important part, which is that he has like these little black weird circles nipples oh, on his yeah. chest <laughs> which is actually plot relevant yeah and so so Crablante, he's great and we we see saitama we kind of recognize him as saitama it might not be clear on your first watch walk through so like i'm not gonna say spoiler alert because like you're in the wrong podcast if you're worried about that but like <laughs> spoiler alert it's saitama but he has a kind of i don't know basic male protagonist dark hair and he also has brown eyes, like, not the pinprick eyes that he's got. Usually he has, like, those pinprick pupils, but then brown... What is it? It's the iris? God, I sound like a fucking idiot right now. <laughs> it's the iris, right? That's the colored part? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. This is how eyes work, play. I couldn't remember if that was the color or the middle part. Oh, God. We skipped... Pupil is the center Damn part. It. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. 
Anyway, he's got he's got eyes with color in them. He's got eyes. He's got his eyes. So Crablante's walking. Got them in the eye. <laughs> so Crablante's walking around, and he walks up to Saitama, and he's like, "I'm Crablante. I was a normal man, and then I ate too much crab, and now I'm Crablante." And that's literally his origin story. Like, I am not paraphrasing. That's what he says. And then he basically. Tells Saitama that he's upset because he's lo- he's looking for a kid with a big chin, and Saitama has a dead look in his eyes because he's unemployed, and so Crablante's going to let Saitama live. Yeah, he's like, you have a dead look in your eyes too, so I'll let you leave. Yeah. Choo, 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 choo. So he walks off, and he's like looking for the big chinned kid, and of course the next thing we see is Saitama comes across this kid... Whose chin just looks like giant, rigid ball sack. <laughs> it's awful. It's hysterical. It's either that or just like a, a horrible butt yeah, attached it, to his chin. It's a play on a butt chin, I guess, but it's really exaggerated. It, it super looks like that. Saitama's, Saitama's just like, oh, I, this is the kid. I need to warn him. And then there's the best part where the kid's like playing around with the like ball <laughs> and he like tries to kick it up and he gets caught under his himself. chin. <laughs> It's so great. This is a, this is one of those scenes where I'm like, you know, make sure you watch it. Like we say, we watch it for you so you don't have to, but you should always watch it. We, we're just saying that. We're just saying words at random and seeing what happens. So yeah. just watch it. It's really funny. Lot Like good physical comedy. And it's, it's particularly good physical comedy because it's almost in the background. Like Saitama is talking – and sort of, like, thinking to himself, like, he's the focus, and this kid is just, like, behind him playing with the soccer ball, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and so so this kid uh, reveals that he was the one that drew nipples on top of this, like, sleeping Crablante's chest, and uh, so the next shot, he's like, oh, I don't need to take care of this kid. He's not even a cute kid anyways. Yeah. I'll just let him die, and he starts to walk away, and then Crablante finds the kid. Crablante, we keep saying Crablante like it's a normal name. Yeah, totally. God, it's hilarious. Anyway, so Crablante shows up, yeah. And he's... This is my cousin, Crablante. (laughs) (laughs) So, he, um... Crablante arrives, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna kill this kid, you're the one. And Saitama has not gotten out of the scene yet, and he is struck with the fact that this kid's gonna be killed and decides to try and stop it. Yeah. Uh, Crablante's like, why don't you get out of here, and, uh hits him pretty hard actually like across the field and into some errant debris or something no he like hits a building and breaks open the building well it looks like he lands on like a i don't know some sort of like storage shed it it doesn't matter just watch the show (laughs) and so anyway he gets knocked away saitama comes back and he's like oh you know like i'm not gonna leave because there's a declining birth rate in our nature so you shouldn't (laughs) kill this kid which is really i mean it's very i guess japanese they do have a declining birth rate but it was just a fun fun weird aside yeah right and then saitama he like mentions that when he was a kid he used to dream about being a hero who could send villains flying with one punch which is exactly what he is now yeah but of course this is his origin story so he decides to take on Crablante. he takes off his uh his tie yeah he takes off well he takes off his jacket and his tie and then Crablante like hits him again and then hits him again and then he 
Kreblenta goes for the striking, like, final blow. And he jumps through, wraps the, the tie. tie around Kreblenta's eyes, and pulls. And I don't know if you know anything about crab physics, but apparently, if you pull on their eyes, their entire innards will just come the hell out. Yeah, it's, it's like if you're eating... Uh, crab legs, and you like sort of suck the meat out of the leg That's so exoskeleton. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. Like you watch this, and it's it is pretty revolting, actually. Like he's pulling his whole insides out yeah. through his eye socket, and it's gross. But Saitama kills the guy, and then, uh, well, I guess that's kind of it. We cut back to the present, mm. and. Saitama is literally looking down at crab. He's in a supermarket and he's looking at like frozen crab. And I guess this is what triggered the memory. <laughs> so he's buying groceries and he goes to pay. And they're like, oh, it's this much. And he's like fiddling around in his he's coin like purse. Five eighty four eighty two, And he hands over like 500 yen. And he's just like, I have 82 yen. Hold on. And he's like an old lady going around in his little change purse. Yeah. And then like... You just see a giant, like, foot hit outside, and then lift, and, like, the side of the building is just gone. Yeah, Saitama's oblivious. You see, you hear this big, like, the ground is shaking, you hear something coming, the lights are flickering, and Saitama, he does not notice, because he's busy trying to get the change. Everyone has fled by the time he gets the change out. The foot arrives, and then we cut to see whose foot it is, and it's this giant, naked, muscly guy... With, with, like, like a skull on the outside of his yeah, body. Yeah, like, the top half of his head is now a skull. Yeah. And on his uh, right shoulder is his brother. Very important. It's, right it shoulder. It is important. It's the right shoulder, not the left shoulder. <laughs> so his his brother is a mad scientist, and we get their backstory. The, the younger brother is the one who is now giant. He wanted to be... Uh, basically, he just wanted to be the strongest guy. So mm-hmm. he was always training. The mad scientist brother made a steroid formula to make him the strongest guy, and it turned him into a literal giant. Like, this is somebody whose footprint is, like, multiple city blocks long and across. Like, he is massive. Yeah. He's, they have a great shot. Like, he's naked, and you see his ass a lot, or, like, it's... It's just, like, a little cloud yeah, in front of his crash. He's just towering over the city with a cloud in front. It's so great. Yeah. And so, so like, the next thing that you, you see after that is them talking about, like, I'm the brains, you're the brawn, you, uh, you're now so powerful, and I'm going to be here with you. And then you just, all of a sudden hear him talking about how he's the strongest man and Saitama is just on his left shoulder. And he's just like... His left shoulder, not yeah. his right shoulder, which is where his older brother, the crazy scientist, is. Yeah, so Saitama is just like, yeah, it's boring, isn't it? When you when you realize that you're the strongest man, it's not all it's cracked up to be. They hear him. Immediately, the mad scientist's brother is just like, there's a man on your shoulder! Get him! And then you see a shot of the, of the giant's face... And then his hand just slaps his right shoulder. His right shoulder. And he just, like, pulls his hand down. And then he looks down and he's just like, My brother! <laughs> yeah. So he hits the, the comedic wrong. timing of this show it's is hysterical. Un- he hits the wrong shoulder and kills his brother. And then he loses his mind and attacks Saitama. And yeah. it's this flurry of punches. He 
he like grabs Saitama, throws him down through a skyscraper, and then starts like a flurry of punches that leaves a giant crater in the hole. In the a giant crater in the hole. <laughs> a giant crater in the ground. Yeah. And then he's just kinda like, ah, ah, I am the strongest man. And it's like horrible or whatever. And then Saitama is just like, yeah, having overwhelming strength is pretty boring. And then he just flies up, punches the guy in the face, and knocks him over. And there's a great shot that was not in the version that we watched on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know where... It, I remember it distinctly from when we watched, like, a subbed version online or whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't on Netflix. It was so like, like City B destroyed. Yeah, it's hilarious. Because like, it's like Oops. the city he's protecting has now been decimated. I don't know if it's, like, an edited down version or whatever. It's in there. You might not see it if you watch it on Netflix. But it's in there. And it's real funny. Yeah. And I was kind of salty about it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, like, the next thing that you see is, like, Sai Thomas sort of sulking before he goes to bed. Thinking about how difficult it is to be super powerful. All powerful. He's starting to lose grip with reality. He's like, no joy. No anything anymore. Yeah. He doesn't feel emotion anymore. Yeah. Because he's so powerful that nothing can exhilarate him. Mm-hmm. And he also, he has a really interesting thought that I don't know that I had really hit home with me yet where he says like he's thinking like it's been three years since i became a hero and in that time there hasn't really been any decrease in crime there hasn't really been any change in the amount of supervillains or the rate at which they attack so my being a hero has had functionally no effect yeah which you know you could argue against pretty easily you know if he hadn't been a hero maybe they would have taken over um all that stuff but like it's kind of it's kind of a deep thought, you know? Yeah. Which is one of the great things about One, Pun- one Punch Man. I almost said One Piece. One Punch Man. <laughs> different show. Very different. But One Punch Man is... It's a pretty thoughtful show. You know, it has some interesting philosophical questions mm-hmm. that the character is dealing with. But screw philosophical. Next thing you see, the roof over Saitama while he's sleeping explodes. Saitama is awoken to this horrible monster face with, like, glowing red eyes that hits him in the middle of the night. And he goes back and he starts fighting with these guys. Yeah. By the way... Blake was talking to me today about reading Fantastic Four, and he was telling me about the Subterraneans. They call themselves the Subterraneans, too? And I'm like, is that a thing? Is that, Are they ripping off the Subterraneans from Fantastic Four? It feels really like Fantastic Four. And granted, I don't have a ton of Fantastic Four experience, so any Fantastic Four fans out there... Please don't come after me about this. No, let us know if it's something. Like, seriously, write us about it. We want to know. I have a little bit of exposure to the first few stories of Ultimate Fantastic Four, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I know that, like, they they deal with the Mole Man and Subterraneans occasionally, quite a lot. I don't know. It's the first villain in the Ultimate Fantastic Four, and... Mm. Uh, this feels like a riff on that. Um, I don't know of an anime that deals with subterraneans. Maybe kind of Gurren Lagann, but <laughs> not, not really at all in that way. <laughs> but like, yeah, this feels kind of like a Fantastic Four riff. But they, yeah, they're the subterraneans, and they're like, hey, our subterranean world is overcrowded, so we're gonna come up here. And uh, bad news, like we're not gonna coexist. We're gonna totally take over. Yeah, and they actually, are, they're like, we've actually. This is a full-scale attack. Like, 70% of the world's population has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then there's the coolest fight scene ever. Yeah, Saitama just goes ham. 
Like, it's this huge, huge fight. One of the things you start to notice inside of this scene, too, is that, like, you've never seen Saitama really fight until this moment, where he's just, like, battered back and forth, doing these crazy kung fu kicks and hits, and he, like, is in the middle of this, and he's talking about how exhilarated he is, and he's like, I haven't felt this in so long. What is this feeling? It's being alive! He also has this great moment, too, where, like, one of the the subterraneans attack him. Like, this is pretty early on in the fight but they they beat him up a little bit and then they're just kind of like standing there you know he's like recovered from the flurry there's a lull in the action for a moment and then one of the subterraneans says something like we've never encountered somebody who can survive one of our punches and he goes he goes same here and then starts (laughs) fighting them and it's so awesome and then like you see the giant king of the subterraneans come up and as as he jumps forward to fight the king of the subterraneans, you have this moment, and then his alarm clock ringing. Yeah. And you just see him, like, his hand come down on the alarm clock, and then there's just a just hole where the it. alarm it's clock should so be. so great. Yeah. And so, uh, so we go from there so to... So it was all a dream. Yeah, yeah. But then subterraneans really do attack, and they look... Like the same but cheap Halloween <laughs> costume versions of his dream yeah, monsters. Yeah. And it's just like he has this moment of just like, this is what this is. This is what my life is. Yeah. They, How can I be this way? They also they burst out of the earth and then he like kills their king or whatever. And then the other ones, like instead of attacking him like in his dream, they like crawl back under and they leave a white flag that's like, sorry about that. <laughs> So great. All right, and then the credits roll on the first episode. By the, the way, credits are super weird. Yeah, I think this is a riff on like what is super weird. It's it's just one of these things that anime does. I think the clearest uh, representation of it you can get for other than watching One Piece, um, if you want to see like somebody really doing this, is watch Outlaw Star. Um, Outlaw Star oh, has this, this really really aggressive opening. We're gonna watch it at some point. So like it has this amazing amazing opening. Um, if if you've ever seen it, it's like it says okay go and then it starts playing this music and there's like space fights really really cool end of the show is just a bunch of these like wood etchings that are like la 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 yeah this is a constant trope in anime is you have the like really bombastic adrenaline like super hard rock or whatever anime intro with like lots of cool battle sequences in it Mm -hmm. and then the outro is this really light a lot of the times it's like characters sitting or standing or walking or it's them like nature scapes and like half of every anime outro like this it's all like really soft pop music and half of them literally half of them i'm sure end with some characters sitting staring off into a sunset or a starry sky with a star falling yeah like for sure. Look at the sky. It's, it's the sky. It's nice, but it it's like really... It's. I mean, it gets boring to watch through even the intro credits sometimes. But like, especially outro credits when there's really nothing going on. The song's kind of like, man, man, man. It's a real tonal <laughs> shift. Um, this man, is man, no man. exception. It's not a bad song. It's just... It's... I think it's making fun of it, honestly. I like, do too. How smart the show is, you just can't even you can't even take a moment and you're like, I I don't know why they did this. It's just like they did that on purpose. But it feels like a it feels like a really jarring tonal shift. I think it's probably the weakest element of the show so far yeah. at least. Anyways, we're gonna go to Well there's there's a post credit scene. Uh, so 
this and this is one of the things most anime don't have post-credit scene. I know One Punch Man does, and the, another one that I've seen recently that has it that I hate because I don't want to watch the end credits is Seven Deadly Sins. This oh, is man. very rare in anime, but they'll have this post-credit scene, and you can probably skip it. It's mostly it's almost a teaser mm. for the next episode. But yeah, we see uh, we see this cyborg character that we're gonna get to know next episode, and he's standing next to this like emaciated cow in a field. Yeah, and then he starts to walk off toward the city, and it's portentous. And they give you the next episode's title, and yeah, that's about it. You can probably skip it, but it, I mean, it's there. Yeah. There is a post credit scene. It's it's really marveling you. It's like an it's an early Marvel movie. <laughs> movie the post credit scene is there, but we're not building up to anything. Yeah, yet. I mean they're eating shawarma. Yeah, yeah, it's the shawarma <laughs> scene. It's fun, but you don't need yeah. it. So we're moving on to episode two. That's the Lone Cyborg. Yeah. This episode starts out with one of my favorite, favorite things that he ever does on the show, which is it's so great to have someone that's like all powerful being irked by something that like normal people just can't deal with as well. Right. Which is the mosquito problem that he has at the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. So there's like this little mosquito that's flying around to him and the first time he sees it is on his arm and you see him like slap his arm and the slap is like so powerful that it like blows the wind around it. Yeah. And then the mosquito's just like Yeah, you see this super powered like he's faster than the eye can see yeah and strong enough to defeat you know giant men in one punch and so he's like battling this mosquito and every slap either misses or like it hits and then the mosquito flies out and then he just like starts moving at like supersonic speeds and he's just like suddenly in the air and he like over here and over here and yeah, over here and he's over here. flashing around at one point there's literally two of him because he's moving so fast <laughs> And still he can't hit the mosquito. can't catch a mosquito. Yeah. And then you cut to uh, these, these uh, like, newscasts where they're like, uh, everybody's evacuating the city. There's a roaming, like, mist of mosquitoes moving around that's, yeah, there's, like, there's like, killing a, animals and right, people. There, there's a local mosquito outbreak that's been really bad. And then suddenly there's this advisory, like, there is a murderous swarm of mosquitoes in, it's like City D or whatever. It's where, mm. it's wherever Saitama lives. And... Um, you know, if you see mosquitoes, like, run away, you guys should stay indoors, blah, blah, blah. And we see this dude who's looting, He and he has a comically large sack of stuff. <laughs> like, he has looted way too much for him to carry. He's Ludiclaus. Yeah, yeah. He, it he... does look like a Santa Claus sack, with just full of random things. Hashtag and... Ludiclaus. <laughs> so he's, like, he's... He's, like, talking out loud to himself because he's an anime character, and he's like, I can't believe they said everybody should stay inside. Like, thanks for letting me know nobody would be out here. I'm looting. Everybody else is dumb. I'm not afraid of mosquitoes. Cut to murder by mosquitoes. And it's grotesque. Oh, yeah. The big swarm shows up, obviously, and you see, like, a shot of just his eye surrounded by mosquitoes that have landed on his skin. Yeah. As there's, like, a sucking sound. Well, it's not. It's like a... Oh, it's awful. It's, just they're a, sucking his blood, and there's a good sound awful. effect. And then, they, like, the mosquitoes all grow slightly in size and grow red, and you just see, like, his eye, like, shaking and trembling. Yeah. And then they fly off, and he's, like, a skeletal husk, and it's disgusting. Yeah. And they fly up to, like, this queen mosquito woman, and they, like, <laughs> feed her, and she's Super like, fan service mosquito girl. Oh, my God. She... It's... Is she's fan service in general, like, her design, she's... A nearly naked, big-breasted, nice-assed woman. Like, this is... 
classic fan service design. It's you see it in Japanese an, anime and manga. You see it in American man, uh, I almost said American manga, American comics. Like when female characters are like super like straight male fantasy women wearing skin tight clothes and or very little. Yeah. She's that, and she, her introduction is even worse than her general design, because her deal is that the mosquitoes are under her control somehow, they suck the blood out of humans or animals or what have you, and then they go and they give it to her, so she is first revealed as she's absorbing the blood from these mosquitoes, and you see like she has a like a big mosquito tail that's throbbing, and you just, like, see, like, super fan service shots of her. She's, like, moaning in pleasure. And it's, it was kind of uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> it's very genre-appropriate. Like, fan service is, I, I'm i going to say, for me personally, unfortunately, very common in anime. And she's really, she's full-on fan service. At one point, she, after there's, like, another blood-sucking spree, she says, like, she tells the mosquitoes to come and bring bring her their juices or fill her up with their juice or something like that. It's the it's, worst. It is full-on shameless. Yeah. And so, like, the next thing you see, though, is Genos. And Genos is, uh, I, I told Blake earlier, he is my second favorite character. Uh, first favorite character in the show is not Saitama. Really? So get prepared. Wow. Uh, one of my favorite characters you haven't met yet. Um, and I don't think that Blake has even met this character yet because they come along very late and I won't give them up if they're a guy or girl. This is also the first show that we've watched that one of us hasn't seen the entirety of. Like, I genuinely, I know what happens at the end of Naruto, but I haven't seen it. I don't know what happens at the end of One Punch. I have an inkling of some story elements, but I don't know how it goes. Cool. So, Genos is a lone cyborg that is come to fight the Mosquito Woman. and yeah, This he, is the cyborg we saw at the post credit scene. Yeah, he is awesome. So, like, one of his... One of his powers is that he's he's pretty fast and strong just because he's, like, cybernetic. But his power is that he shoots these, like, bolts of fire out of his hands. Yeah, he has big holes in his hands. And both of his arms are, are android arms. I mean, he's he is a cyborg. He's He used to be a human, which we'll find out later. He's almost fully robot. And um, it, he looks kind of like a young guy mm. with... A robot body. Yeah. And uh, he's got, like, blonde hair. He has black eyes instead of white with yellow irises. Oh, God, I'm saying eye names again. Get me out of this, Spencer. <laughs> so so Gina starts to fight uh, against, this, uh, against the Mosquito Woman. And the... He's uh, never named. Yeah. They named the weird car person in the first episode that we didn't talk about. <laughs> oh, my God! Didn't we didn't it. talk about the weird car person! Yeah. In the first episode, there is a car person. They give you full-on backstory story while Saitama is like kind of bemoaning himself and then he like drops his eggs at one point and instead of noticing that he's just murdered this car person he's just like well I guess I'm having eggs over rice tonight yeah the car person is in maybe like 30 seconds of the show but it's 30 seconds of just pure backstory he has a name he has a backstory his backstory is that he likes custom cars so he turned himself into one and now he's the custom car villain anyways let's get back to normal mosquito woman yeah a main villain for like a third or a half. I think of this they episode. call her Mosquito Girl. She doesn't have a name. I kept waiting for it. I was going to mark it down. I was like, I'll, I'll write it down when they mm-hmm. say it. They don't say it. She ain't got mm-hmm. a name. Okay, so so Genos and her start fighting. Um, 
super cool string of blows back and forth. Gino's shooting Just fireballs out. Fight. Yeah, destroying all these mosquitoes with like a single explosion of fireball. Um, and then there's this great tete-a-tete that they have where um, she's moving really fast and she skewers off one of his arms. And so like she's like, you can't stand up to me. You're not even paying attention. You lost an arm. And then she looks back and just her legs are just gone. And you look over at Genos and he's just got her legs and he just throws them onto the ground. It's great. And she's like, oh no! This is classic. Again, One Punch Man is making fun of shonen anime, but almost as often it it just does shonen anime as good as you can do it. And this is a great trope. I mean, the... The removal of a body part that's found out by dramatic pan of the camera rather than the character noticing that they've lost a limb. Yeah. This happens all the time in anime, and it is frequently awesome. Yeah. And so the the next thing that you get is uh, Saitama just strolling up on he's, Well, Gino's. he's running after the mosquito that he's been chasing. Well, so... Well, spraying the bug spray? Yeah. And then he, like... I, I, said, it, I said it out loud forgetting that he does this in the show. J- just to give you a hint on like how good they are nothing is missed he's running and he's spraying this thing and he's running through the mist of the spray and i was thinking to myself well that would get in your face and then the next thing he's doing is just like ah it's in my mouth (laughs) he spits up yeah so meanwhile the mosquito lady is like going super powered Mm -hmm. and she so basically she's like oh all the people in town they ran away so we can't suck their blood but you forget like there's animals out in the countryside i've sucked all their blood so this like giant stream of mosquitoes comes through she's doing another form change actually yeah and uh now she's red right so saitama has run up while she's busy form form changing genos is like Hey, dude, you gotta get out of here. It's very dangerous. And Saitama is totally playing the part. He's like, oh, it's dangerous? I should probably leave. And then the mosquito lady's done changing. She's still super fan servicey, but now she's red. She looks a yeah. little more menacing. And she shoots down the mosquitoes at them. Genos uses his, like, really cool ability, which looks like it heats the air so much that it looks like lightning, and then it just makes a giant blue flash, and then a huge explosion. All the mosquitoes are dead, but... The mosquito woman is still there, and she's like, I don't even need those anymore. Yeah, well, he thinks, the best part is he thinks that he's killed Saitama? the mosquito woman. And he's like, oh, I, I did a scan, like, there was no, everybody within 500 meters had evacuated. And then he's like, oh, crap, except that guy that was just here, he's, I probably just killed him. And he looks over, and Saitama's just standing there naked, and, and there's like, smoke. like, you saved me. Yeah, there's smoke <laughs> coming up from Janos's hand where he shoots the fire that covers Saitama's genitals and as soon as the smoke stream dissipates a sign falls and covers it it's hysterical yeah and so so the next thing you see is um Gino's trying to pay attention to the mosquito woman she comes down so fast at him he's just all of a sudden missing like a half of his body he's just ripped apart in the center he gets slapped around in the air a couple more times he thinks to himself oh she's so powerful now I dropped my guard I'm dead now next the last thing that I have to do is self-destruct and then you just see Saitama just there and slapping her across the face and then she just splatter of blood against yeah. the side of a building. She's destroyed, and Genos stops the self-destruct sequence yeah. or whatever. He's shocked. And he says something to Saitama like, oh, I want to train with you. And Saitama's oh, he just says, like... Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, 
Come come to my apartment if you want to be trained by me, if you want me to be your sensei. And in the background, one of the things that I don't know if Blake picked up on immediately, but I did because they do this inside of the show. Saitama is so strong. He slapped her. She exploded against the side of the building. And if you look above them, there's just a hole in the sky of like there's clouds and then there's just a gigantic rift in the center of the clouds yeah. from where Saitama slapped so hard he ripped through the clouds and the Scott. Yeah, he's so powerful, and this is great. We we will almost learn how he got to be so powerful in this episode, but we won't. So the next time we get to One Piece, we'll we will tell you how it Saitama is one becomes punch powerful. Man. It is not One Piece. It's shit, I did it again. <laughs> oh man, I do this at work too. Whatever tragedy. Okay, so um, so the next thing that you have is uh, Genos knocking on Saitama's door. <laughs> And Saitama coming to the door and be like, oh, you really came. <laughs> yeah, Genos is fixed. We find out it's a week later, and um, he comes into Saitama's place. We do, we're going to get to one of my favorite scenes in One Punch Man in a second, but we do cut away to something called the House of Evolution. And there's mm-hmm. uh, a dude, he's kind of a normal, creepy, kind of nerdy anime character with black hair that's sort of long and falls over his one of his eyes. He he's working in the House of Evolution. People are like, "Oh, the mosquito lady that we made, she's dead," and they're kind of looking at this video of Saitama, and they're like, "Oh, we need to study him. Let's send our advanced guard. We're going to study him by force if we have to." Yeah. So then we cut back. Oh my gosh! Uh, so if we haven't mentioned it enough times beforehand about how smart they are in the show, they make fun of one of my favorite tropes. Uh, it is Blake, hilarious. I, I think Blake loves this trope more than I do, so I'll let him explain what happens next. Yeah, this is this is the scene that I think of when I'm crystallizing One Punch Man for myself. Like the way that it parodies anime tropes is. Full display here. So the trope that we're looking at is a character telling their backstory and just going into absurd detail. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time. Characters will tell their backstories. This will be in the form, and it's more extreme form. It'll be in the form of a full-on flashback episode, which is sometimes fine and is sometimes not. Uh, But characters will go into monologues about themselves, where they came from, and provide their entire backstory, the inciting moment for their motivation, and their journey. They do this all the time, and it's ridiculous. So, Saitama and, well, One Punch Man, the show, is really hanging a lampshade on this because... Janos is basically like, oh, I'm 19, I became a cyborg when I was 15, do you want to hear the story... And and Saitama's just like, no, no thanks. And then Janos is like, oh, that's okay, but just while we're on the subject, I'm going to tell you the story. And he goes off, and the story essentially is that a cyborg rolled through his hometown and killed everyone except him. Following that cyborg, well, not following that cyborg, but after that cyborg left his town, uh, some doctor guy came through and offered to turn Janos into a cyborg himself. And now Janos is a cyborg fighting evil and looking forward to that day that he can take vengeance on the cyborg that killed his fans. Saitama during this time is playing the part of the people watching anime that are so sick of Takno Jutsu. Yeah. So sick of it. Which is the most powerful jutsu in the Naruto universe. But we're in One Punch Man. And Janos, what's so great about it is that he's he is going on and on and on. And he does something which is a 
is a very much an anime trope where he starts to say essentially the same thing with different words. Like he's kind of moving the words around and saying the same thing. And you see this a lot in Japanese anime, way more than American media, where characters are are emphasizing something by just repeating it in a new way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty egregious, actually. Like it's not a good storytelling move, and they do it a lot, but he does it so much in this scene. And the other great thing that they do to really poke fun at this is that as the scene progresses, he starts to talk faster and faster and faster. So not only is he throwing out this like really long story, but it's coming out lightning quick by and the end. Thomas, like leg is going. Yeah, like, he's, he's super bored. And then he's just like, you look at his face and the like one of the last shots is Saitama's face just like twisted in anguish of just like, oh my God, let it be over. Yeah. So Saitama, <laughs> finally snaps and he cuts Janos off and is like he says something like get it down to 20 words or less <laughs> and then right after that Genos is like I want to fight alongside you I want to be strong enough to do this and then another person rips apart his his uh, his apartment his apartment for real this time because the last time it was a dream yeah so it's it's this mantis guy and like he lands he's like I'm going to get you and Saitama just Brutally murders him immediately. Yeah, I don't even think he finishes a full sentence. Yeah, and Saitama's like, you gotta replace my roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cut outside. There's So this is clearly from the House of Evolution, what we saw a minute ago. These are the yeah. guys that have come to get him. The Mantis guy's dead. We see a frog guy and a slug guy, and they're like, oh, they just killed the Mantis guy. And they name him, but I didn't write it down. And they're like, oh, he was one of our strongest guys. And then Janos in the apartment, he's like, I'm gonna go get them. And by the time he gets down... Saitama has already landed on the frog and slug guy, and they're, like, unconscious, upside down in the pavement. <laughs> and then uh, you see, like, mole claws reach out of the ground and pull Saitama down into it, like, just his head is showing. Yeah. It's actually a lot like the uh, the jutsu that um, that uh, Sasuke had used against him by Kakashi in the episodes of Naruto from last week. Yeah. But uh, he... Yeah, so he's it's just his head, and then there's like this giant lion guy that shows up, and he says some shit. But Saitama's like cyborg gorilla. Yeah, and there's also like they he calls him like the dirt dragon, the ground dragon, the ground dragon. But it's he's just like just a mole dude, a mole dude that has ground dragon written on his chest. But and- Saitama goes <laughs> like. He's like, oh, the dirt, um, it's like hugging me. I feel like a bamboo shoot. And then he's like, he's like, underground, it's cool, but it also keeps you warm. Can <laughs> you hilarious. go away so that I can take a nap? It's and so then, great. like, the beast lion guy is just like, I'll take you on. And he's like, you can't, you can't take me on. And then he tries to attack Saitama. And then you have, like, this great thing that they do in a lot of animes where they're just like, it's a bunch of super loud, flashy, like, punches, and you'll have, like, other people like super dodging it and like paying attention and then instead it's just Saitama just like lazily dodging it and just like stepping around these claws that are attacking him and then the the he comes for his like final attack and Saitama just like knocks him once and just explodes and it's gross actually like it's really graphic yeah he explodes and you see like his lower half with just blood spewing out of where his upper half used to be, and yeah. then just bits of his upper half start to fall on the screen, and the ground dragon mole guy's just watching, and he's like, um, "Oh no, it's gonna be better for me if I escape, and we can regroup and deal with this later." Yeah, so he burrows, 
also they he burrows away right and then as he's going through the ground he like comes upon saitama's face which is like this horrible smiling thing in the ground (laughs) and i know that joke what he's referencing have you ever read that manga that's about like those um those weird like uh it's a it's a horror manga about these people that like crawl on the side of a mountain they find like uh, they have to go in these holes that are shaped exactly like them. Oh. And then they fall into it so no, that they can fall into it. I saw something about that on a Super Eye Patch Wolf. Yeah, video. so they, so they, they reference that inside of the show because these people are like, they look serene and happy that they're going through this thing. And nice. that's what he's doing too. I didn't realize that. And like, it's a joke inside of there. And I was like, that is so meta and so hilarious. It's so great though. And it's really, it's creepy and it's funny and it's mm-hmm. unexpected. And so Saitama takes out the mole guy. Meanwhile, Janos has been fighting. What we find out is a gorilla in a cyborg suit, but mm. he's like, Oh, this is a cyborg. Like, this might be my guy. Yeah, but it's not. And it's not. He's but he has successfully beat the crap out of him. After he rips off pretty... his arms and legs. Does he? Yes, he's oh, like a bloody stump. There. But he's like so he. It's a it's a good fight. I mean, this is another good example. Like, go watch the show. Like, it's it has beautiful beautiful action sequences. And Janos versus the cyborg gorilla is a good one. Yeah, and uh, and then. The the gorilla guy is sitting there, and Janos is he's got his like flame hand poised to blast him, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you tell me where this house of evolution you're talking about is?" And the gorilla's like, "You'll never get me. Like I noticed, like you might have beaten me, but at your level, which is this is such an anime trope too, is like specific power levels and being able to gauge someone's full potential based off of a fight with them. So he's like, "You're le- at your level." You can beat me, maybe, but I'm only the number three most powerful. You'll never beat the number two most powerful, which is the king of the jungle, whatever his name is, the the lion guy. And then Saitama walks up with just an eyeball on, like, the nerve string from the eye. And he's like, oh, you mean this guy? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, gosh. And then he's been speaking in, like, the cyborg voice the whole time. And then he suddenly drops it and he's like, I'll tell you what you need to know. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Saitama's like, what happened to your cyborg voice? And he's just like, I just did that to be cool. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the episode. They yeah. cut to the weird end credits. And then the post credit scene... We cut to the House of Evolution. We see a big room of dudes in lab coats freaking out because the advanced team has been destroyed. And then the guy we see from earlier, the dude with the dark hair over one eye, walks in and he's like, hey, what's up? And everybody in the room turns to look at him and they're all him. And then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So next time uh, on One Punch Man, we're going to go to the House of Evolution, and I believe next time is when we find out how exactly Saitama got as strong as he is. Yeah. So we'll look forward to that. But uh, obviously this is a rotating series, so next week will not be that, but the (laughs) next One Punch Man episode, look forward to it. Stay tuned, everyone, because we will be back and you will unravel these mysteries. Yeah. All right. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level four sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. 
Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next time, grab your fishing rod. Let's go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>